Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. This is the big Ghost Cult Magazine album of the year 2020 extravaganza. And I am honored and grateful to have with me the great Steve Tovey as a co-host for this segment. How are you doing, Steve? I'm very, very good, Keefe. Thank you for having me on here. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to talk about some fantastic metal albums um, from this year and to see you again. So I hope good. Yes, man. Great to see you again. Great to have you back in this capacity as you do. And uh, what a year, what a vote. Uh, I have been saying in these segments of podcasts, we've probably reviewed less records than we have in the past. Our vote was extremely varied. Everything under the sun, things we cover, things we would not cover. Um, I'm super pleased with the results, even if they counter my own personal taste at times. I think it says a lot about our staff. It says a lot about the state of music in 2020, despite the dumpster fire year that we have had great music to appreciate and love and review and hem and haw over. And despite everything, uh, people have their opinions and tastes and they are definitely reflected in the staff list voting this year. No, I think I think it's true. I think it's good that uh, like every year we seem to increase and in the breadth of the amount of uh, albums that are voted for. I think we had nearly three hundred albums pitched by the you know, the team in terms of who you know they want to be considered in this in this poll. So that's the most we've had in terms of breadth, and you know there's a lot to kind of pick through. And it's good to see, like I say, I think everyone had their top choice was backed up by someone else, and everything that was you know someone's real personal favourite made it through to the list. So uh, I think we've got a really good kind of diverse broad range yeah like you say everything covered every style from deathcore to americana and everything in between so you know what more can you say <laughs> what more can right you ask? On. Our, our listeners cannot tell i am wearing my opeth shirt in honor of 2019's album of the year in Cauda venenum by opeth uh that was one of the last shows i saw before the lockdown and the shutdown of the touring and music industry i do hope we get it all back next year some of my mentions will be about these bands as a live band because sometimes i've seen them live and some of these bands are better live than on record but all the same put out records in 2020 for those that don't know because this is going to be the first in the series we did not consider singles we did not consider live releases uh as part of the rules set down by steve and myself years ago we cover full releases and splits and EPs. Uh, there are quite a few. Actually, I think there's more EPs and splits on here than ever before. Uh, it's possible. I'm not, that's not scientific. I'm just guessing, but just by eyeball judgment. Um, certain, e, certain EP releases I was not expecting made it onto this list, and there were quite a few surprise, last-minute COVID records and releases and coverage records and things. Um, and I, I would say that there wasn't anything, maybe the only glaring album that didn't make the top 75 that I thought was glaring, but honestly, everybody was kind of divided on this, which was Spirit of Drift's new album, which was like the main surprise to me. And I will say that we have, I think as the makeup of the staff changes over the time, especially the writing staff that's a little less focused on stoner rock and doom, even though we have a lot of stoner rock and doom aficionados, I think just based on hiatuses and sort of uh, gaps in coverage, we didn't give a lot of coverage to that record. I love that band. I love that record. Um, it's not their best record or my favorite, but I certainly expected it to rank higher. Um, we'll talk really quickly about a few records from 75 to 51. Um, Zeal and Artemis. 
One Wake of a Nation, crucial EP release for this year. Very timely. Zealand Otter is an incredible band. Manuel, of course, is going to talk about race and issues in America and and the world, actually, and racism and things, and uh, with his signature style. Um, Nuclear Power Trio is a band I really love and love that really insane comedy, technical death metal prog approach um paul bear is a little low on the list i had that album much higher personally i'm probably the only one i I still think their earlier stuff is also similar to spirit adrift better both those records came out at kind of the same time i think because of the pandemic which maybe kind of took away from each other maybe siphoned some love away from the other um uh Haken is a band that definitely didn't get enough love from Ghost Cult. It's a, tr- a little bit of a, my fault since I am one of the prog people on the staff and we have less prog people than we used to covering things, but that's a great release that deserves a second listen to with its bright yellow cover and its very sad music. And uh, I will also shout out uh, maybe a couple more Mirker folks on, just a completely different type of record for her. I think Motherhood and her continued exploration of her sort of Nordic roots are really showing here with this great throwback record. It's almost like a Wardruna record a little bit. And uh, we were talking about uh, Forming the Void as a band. We'll get to those guys. We're going to get to all these. There's a lot of uh, records here to go through, but uh, is there a couple that didn't make the list for you or didn't make this 75 list for you? Are there a couple of bands that in this list that maybe you think should have been a lot higher personally? I don't know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, like uh, I remember us talking when the list was forming and coming through, and it feels like a really good ghost cult list. It feels very representative of, uh, you know, of the, the, the staff and, and, and who's, who's writing. I think um, we were touched on over the years to become less and less, I guess, underground metal focused on much more around representing everything. And I think for me, perhaps when the Philip missed out from that, whereas in the past they would have, you know, charted higher. And I thought that's, I think the Reckoning Dawn, you know, from, from when it was a great album that I was surprised not to see to get get the love even from those on the, the team that aren't, you know, extreme, um, extreme, extreme music fans. Um, but beyond that, I, I, I mean, there's a couple of, yeah, albums that pitched higher than I thought they would and a couple of hours that albums that pitched lower. Um, for me, that the Ulver album I thought would catch more attention and would be higher up than it was. But, you know, we'll, as you say, we'll get to that as one that is in the 75, but I thought was going to be much higher than it. Than it than it ended up with, but I think I think all in it, I'm just pleased to see that the broad tastes were kind of represented there. Um, you know, we've all got our favourites. Like I said for me, yeah, I think Winterfellas. I'm expected to see higher up, but beyond that, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it's, it's good. And I, it's, what's also been really good for me is, um, as always, using it as a sense check of albums that I've either passed over or missed missed out. And when you see certain writers voting for certain albums, it gives you kind of a an encouragement to go back and kind of you know to to have a have a look at them and kind of uh, play play some so i mean like to, today um split so i know matt davies um one of our our friends and writers he's he's been trumpeting and championing the bruce springsteen album and it's not necessarily something that sits inside ghost cult but when you know and respect the guy's music tastes and breadth and it's sort of uh, it leads you to give it a listen and you can see why he wasn't the only one that voted for it you know it sneaks into the 75 and having listened to it today i was messaging a couple of other mates and oh, am i officially old now i really like a bruce springsteen album and uh, i have to get my bus pass sorted but you know i've got some validation apparently it's okay to like the boss no matter what age you are so that's cool i'm fine with that <laughs> so nice work yeah that bruce record is actually excellent um and that's fine like there shouldn't ever be Yes, there are things we probably would not blatantly cover, a a glaring pop record or something that's just a strictly, 
you know, something really far out, like a pop mainstream country record. I don't think we would ever cover, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wasn't averse to the boss. We just didn't have the time to cover it. I think time was the big thing this year that a lot of us, you know, either value more than ever or didn't have enough of, and we didn't have enough time to get to the Bruce record. It's very similar to the Iggy pop record of last year and the Iggy and Josh home record of before that. And the Nick, the the Nick Cave record that was out last year and the live record this year are brilliant masterpiece type records that just didn't quite strictly fall into like we have to cover this we have to cover that I listened to them and they just I just couldn't I didn't have the bandwidth personally and didn't have anybody on the team to just kind of hand it off to so it's okay Bruce is going to get enough coverage elsewhere anyway to be positioned so <laughs> he's not struggling yet I and I'd always like to support more underground bands than I can. And uh, we are even this, like from our earliest days when we took kind of a sidestep away from just being this avant-garde digital zine covering like Desert Fest and Incubate and Roadburn, we definitely cover a lot of mainstream bands, but there's still like, I I feel like there's a lot of quality, you know, uh, horrible bands as one of our former colleagues used to call them. There's plenty of horrible bands. There's plenty of, interesting difficult obtuse avant-garde bands for everybody's taste here and even some of the popular artists that are mainstream still have a foot in that world uh i think a greg Puciato of uh dillinger escape plan there's nobody else on this list that's on three bands he's one of them <laughs> you know uh gone is gone i don't think made the final list but of 75 but they would be on my list for sure of 40 and um greg's solo record we'll get to is excellent and then he's in killer be killed which is also up on the list so with that out of the way, let's uh, bang through this first 10, uh, 50 to 41, and then we'll take a little bit more time with uh, 40 to 31. Uh, I will start with things uh, right off the bat. Dawn of Solace, Waves, solid band. A uh, lot of, lot of uh, positive votes for them. Uh, and a lot of people were talking about this band to me. Have you heard this record? Have you heard this record? And I listened to it and I was like, oh yeah, man, this is definitely one of the best records of the year and probably overall an underrated band in general right now. Yeah, and they were quite a new band to me. And um, this year I've missed, on, missed out the kind of the back catalog, but it reminds me of the kind of the, the gothic metal wave of the late 90s, but with some kind of, you know, touch-ups to it. And I've, they've definitely picked up from bands like Tribulation and things in the more recent years to kind of refine that, refine the sound. It almost reminds me of the kind of more reflective, amorphous period as well, kind of, you know, the, again, yeah, that, that late 90s thing. And that's, that's always a good thing for me. I think, you know, that kind of um, melancholy vibe with a slight grungy tone, but still rooted in gothic, kind of metal um you know heart to it um but without ignoring um you know some like some ripping guitar leads here and there that really kind of like add a lot of color and kind of really interesting um touch to it and i think the i like the understated vocals as well you know, you know the, the the guy can sing um but isn't pushing your your bruce dickinson kind of uh, operatics and it's just really kind of um focusing on the right melodies at the right time to serve the the atmosphere of the song so uh, this yeah new one for me but i was impressed I'll definitely Very be spending time with them, so it's good. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, like the best thing I can say about any record on this entire list is if I'm looking forward to the next one, that's a good sign. And yeah. uh, they're definitely going to be on my radar sooner 
for the next thing that they do. Um, 49 is going to be a bit of a, you know, one of those that's going to divide people, but Poppy with I Disagree. Poppy is one of, you know, started out for those that don't know as a YouTuber and it's sort of a, I don't want to say a comedy YouTuber, but definitely an entertaining YouTube personality and uh, sort of was mixing black metal with pop songs and these very cute, sugary, almost K-pop and J-pop pop song sensibilities. And then took the whole lunge into sort of this weird pop black metal, post black metal pop music. And we actually covered that release. We covered her tour, two of her tours before the pandemic. We covered early this year to two separate tours. We got a pretty good review out of it by shout out to Scott Somer on the staff and shout out to Isabel who's Category, who photographed Poppy, who is visually stunning live. Again, I said I would reference some things live. She might be a little bit better live than on album, but I do love her. I think she's great. She put a recent EP out. She has a graphic novel out. She has a uh, like a collectible figurine. So it seems like she's very, it kind of reminded me almost of what Maynard James Keenan is doing with Pussifer. Like anything is possible. I can create anything under my banner and this is just content. And I love that approach. Now, and this, this would be one that I was, I wasn't surprised where it ended up, but I was personally hoping it'd be higher. But I can see it's see it being divisive. I think it's. I love I love this album, um, it, which really surprises me because, on paper, I, I guess I shouldn't. Um, but the first time I heard it and the first couple of tracks, and you, you know, my brain dances around between comparisons and you know first first opinions like I was a bit of baby metal, bit of Devon Townsend, bit of Slipknot, bit of Dillinger. Uh, oh wow, there's like a massive cutesy kind of you know pop chorus and then you're off to a song that sounds like Marilyn Manson and then you're like hey whoa this is like all over the place but I love the the kind of the range in it and every song is distinctive and every song's got a massive hooks in it but the metal isn't token metal it's someone that clearly understands and loves proper like you know below the surface it isn't disturbed or five finger death punch riffs these are kind of messed up twisted kind of and it the whole thing just I don't know, I found myself coming back to it throughout the year. I did think it'd be a bit of a novelty record for me because it came out quite early. It was around February time, I think, if I remember right. And then just, yeah, just just more and more kind of, uh, and I'm really interested to see what she does next in terms of, like, you know, serious studio release because um, I think she's, she's put herself in a position where she could do anything. She could go massive mainstream, like, success with, with what she's doing um, without diluting it. Or could just disappear and I've never heard of her again. It goes back to doing, you know, quizzes on YouTube or something. So who knows? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well said, well said. Number 48 is Demons and Wizards 3, their third album. I got to actually see Demons and Wizards in late 2019 on the tour that was supposed to precede this album. And then they were going to do some touring this year. It, a fantastic record, first of all, at sort of a collaboration between Blind Guardian and Iced Earth. So if you love power metal and incredible hooks and shred and soaring vocals and great harmonies, you love this record. Uh, it will not be for everyone. There's definitely a contingent of fans who are like, nope, not for me. But I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it's a shame we, had, we waited a long time to get this because both bands are busy. I think Schaefer told me in an interview in the spring that there's probably not going to be even a Demons and Wizards tour until 2022 or later because he's busy producing, writing a book, Christmas EP, Ice Earth next record next year. They're also busy, Blind Guardian. So incredible stuff, Demons and Wizards 3. I've got much more to add to that. Um, I kind of loved it when it first came out then 
pretty much forgot about it, which is my my bad. Um, and came back to it when preparing for this and forgot how you know how good it is. Uh, but one of the, the things I've been able to get through and into and over lockdown is get back into Blind Guardian. It was kind of a a, a band I'd kind of grown away from over the last few years, but got back in massively. And I think this is probably the most Blind Guardian sounding Demons and Wizards album. Um, and I think that suits you know this this less symphonic than the last couple of, uh, of Guardian albums. And you've still got yeah Schaefer bringing the the kind of the the solos and the riffs and things. So just a really good heavy metal power metal album. Yeah, I <laughs> can't, can't say much more. Right? I will add one last thing, which is I definitely want to shine a light on Jake Dreyer, who plays lead guitar in Iced Earth, and he is also in contributed solos to some of the Demons and Wizards stuff. Magnificent, probably one of the best young guitar players in the world right now. Fantastic guy. And uh, number 47 is uh, not a big surprise to everybody else in the world. Still not a, an, uh, an act that's very big in America for some reason. And it's Biffy Clearo and a celebration of endings. Excellent record. Excellent band. Never bad record. Not a bad release. Great live. Headlining festivals actually now. But just just not unknown in America, but not well loved enough. Uh, and I think, I mean, you said, you said at the top that even the mainstream bands that we cover have got a bit of a, an edge to them. And I think that's one bit that I've always liked about Biffies they've gone gone through is you know they they've not taken the pop rock sellout route they just write really good songs and if a song needs to go heavy and be a bit strange they'll do that if it needs to be straight up four four rock bit they'll do that as well and you know I think it's it's probably the most Biffy Clyro Biffy Clyro album if that makes sense it's like the one where they've just you know they could have self titled it it would have been you know it's that sort of feel to an album but I think it's just a it's just it's another strong record in their in their canon. Number 46, the Acacia Strain with their release, Slow Decay. I have spent a lot of joying talking about this band, a lot of a lot of whinging about this band that is incredible. They did a series of EPs and singles. Uh, it was like a guessing game, what it was going to spell. I didn't know what it was. It was spelling out these things with these alphabetical letter releases. Um, and then they announced the album and they had a few extra songs on it. So if you hadn't collected or bought or supported those EPs, you could still appreciate the full album. Genius concept, genius marketing, but also heavy, brutal. You know, they're really a very singular band here in America. There's a lot of bands that are hardcore. There's a lot of bands that are metal. There's a lot of bands that are hardcore metal. There's a lot of bands that are deathcore, but nobody quite puts it together like those guys. Yeah. And I like the fact that, um, that there's kind of some really cool, like Morbid Angel, you know, Tucker era, Morbid Angel, nasty riffing in there as well. It's, they don't just go for the the straight up stuff. There's, you know, they, they twist things up and make it make it make a difference, I suppose. And yeah, stand out by pulling pulling all the things together. I mean, they're not. I'll be honest, they're not my favourite band on the list. Um, but this is probably the first record of theirs that's made me come back to it. You know, there's, there's something different. I, I can't quite put my finger on it because I don't know and love the, the previous records. So we're to say what is different about it, but it's definitely got something. Yeah, which is, I know it's a terrible description for, <laughs> for an album. But, you know. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I, I understand. And I think knowing them, that's actually pretty apt and that's fine. Uh, number 45, as the aforementioned genius guy, Greg Pusciato, child soldier, creator of God, his solo debut album on his own record label, but it's not quite just a record label. It's similar again to Poppy or Maynard. Uh, Federal Prisoner Records is an art, could be an art collective, could be books, could be 
you know, something else, not just music, but he put this solo record out. He has three incredible records out in 2020. He's doing a live stream in a few weeks. There's really nothing he cannot do. The former Dillinger escape plan frontman, except Dillinger, because they're not doing any, they're done for now. I rather love this record. I'm really a massive fan of his other band, The Black Queen, which is more of this dancey ambient stuff, also in the puss of her vein, but its own thing. This record is a little more abrasive and a little more varied than any of those things he's actually done. And it is very unique. And I'm really looking forward to more of this from him as well. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, it's not it's not one that particularly landed with me. Um, you know, it's not, I've never never been a Dylan fan. Um, it's just something that they just, just don't, don't work for me, but I prefer his stuff away from Dillinger. Um, I think you know, the, the Killer Be Killed is, is, is really good. Black Queen, really good. This one, um, I need to spend some more time with. Um, I haven't, it hasn't grabbed me yet, but I can tell it's good. You know, there's there's a lot of definite elements to it. There's some really kind of uh, dark brooding, uh, almost like ambient passages that are then mixed up with some, you know, some big like Mastodon type riffing and uh, the, the guy's vocals are, are always, always on as well so uh one i'd have to kind of play a bit of ignorance to um and a bit willful willful ignorance too um but definitely i don't write it off you know this the guy's way more talented than me <laughs> when it comes to something well, <laughs> not just like with me not every one of these records is in my wheelhouse or for me and yeah. uh this one is not everyone is but this one is uh number 44 near and dear to my heart the great heathen bay area thrash and heavy metal empire of the blind in a, a sort of comeback record for them it's been nine ten years since their last record which was saw a reissue earlier in the year uh fantastic riffing of course the band uh, has lee altus from exodus who will get a new exodus record next year he then probably the thrash metal record of the whole year which is saying a lot considering they're not strictly a thrash band they've been a very heavy metal band like similar armored saint on the list in a few spots and uh can't say enough good things i'm a huge nerd for that band and they killed it yeah it's just funny actually because i know we've got uh gary Orcock, one of our writers coming up later on to, to go through some of these records but this is the most gary Orcock album i think i've ever heard <laughs> it's just like as soon as i heard it, it's like gas gas um yeah it, exactly like you say it, it probably sits under thrash in terms of description but it's more than that it's, there's it's just a there's a lot of i guess aggressive heavy metal to it and um the, the solo stand out for me as well you know it just kind of takes you back to that rust in peace style lead guitar kind of you know um just just it just adds so much little color and, and and bits to it and you can have an album that's that aggressive riffing wise and drumming wise and yet vocally still manages to get some hooks in but without being sugary we're not talking pop hooks here you know just like songs that you hear the second time you listen to the album you, you recognize six out of the you know six out of the tracks third time you listen to it, you recognize every track and it's that's a that's a rare talent to have in in heavy you know in thrash music because we both know we both listen to a lot of thrash bands over the years that there's certain staple riffs that can be wheeled out and a lot of bands bleed into each other but this album stands out by itself um and it's got all the all the key elements that just kind of i don't know it's just that um it puts the grin on your face and you listen to it you know they'll start off with a riff you're like oh, i know where this is going I know. and then the drums kick in and there's this full power and then the, you, you by the time you hit the chorus and it's just you know involuntary claws your horns horns up and it's uh 
this album got me quite excited from it um to be to be honest i think it's just a really really good metal album and i said yeah i bet gaz is guy he don't get to talk about it so <laughs> yeah i know he had it very high and as did i and i will just follow up and fawn on them for another 30 seconds and say dave white who is a major inspiration to me when i used to sing in bands it's his meanest and best sounding record vocally and there is a track on this heathen record that has not just lee altus and uh craig and lum who are incredible shredding lead guitars but also gary holt and rick Nolt, the famous h team from a classic exodus on that on this album so unbelievable array of guitarists and great performances uh 43 again i alluded to this earlier mirker with Volksange, just a fantastic, fantastic record. Wonderful voice, really delving into her roots, really delving into these ancient instruments that she is so good at. Uh, it's a shame almost that this is so great that it, it may not rank highly with people from her earlier material that's a little more black metal, black metal adjacent. If you're not, if you're an elitist and you don't like her, whatever, she's wonderful and great. But I almost feel like this is maybe the path she's going to be on from now on. I'm not, I don't know that, but like if she never made another heavy record again and she just continued on this path at this level, I'd be fine with that. And I actually had this record much higher in my personal list. Yeah. And, and I think the last album uh, that, that she did was almost, it was either, a, I don't know, kind of, yeah, set her up to do anything she wanted from there. And I, th and I, I think the fact that she could have done anything from it, yeah, what she has done with this album is, is something that hasn't really been hinted at too much before so it just shows again the kind of the the, the i don't know the, the the amazing quality she has as a as a, as a writer and a, and a performer um yeah the it's it's quite easy for an album like this to to have been boring or to have been a bit kind of twee and nice and it isn't the songs to have that depth and they, they have a real kind of um soul and kind of um i don't know just yeah real heart a warm heart to to them um so again same similar as we were saying with, with Poppy before, set up to do anything that she wants to next um, or could do nothing and just leave it where, where it is. You know, everything she's done has been distinct and kind of uh, its own, you know, its own entity. Um, but I, I can imagine this being, yeah, like I say, a, a sort of a, a longer term route, you know, kind of more folky, um, bringing in, um, you know, less, less heavy music, but more kind of natural instrumentation and more folk-based songs. And I think it really suits her voice. It really suits her style as well. So I hope it's not the end of black metal, Merca, but, you, you know, if it's as good as this, then I'm not disappointed either. So... There it is. There it is. Number 42, not a surprise at all that they're on the list, but, you know, uh, a band we've covered actually quite a bit. And that is the great Pearl Jam and their sort of not comeback album, but their statement album of 2020 gigaton. Uh, the album cover features uh, like literally a complete red alert about climate change. It shows the uh, Arctic ice shelf melting into the sea in a photograph with a little like the pulse of the planet Earth, like ticking out as if it was passing away. You would no mistaking where their heart and their head is on this record. Some of the stuff on this record did not land with me personally. I love the keyboards. Pearl Jam's a band that can do whatever they want. Ed is a guy as a front man. He can kind of do what he wants. I appreciate that they were taking some risks musically. Some of the stuff I think uh, didn't suit Ed's voice as well, especially older Ed. Um, that's just my taste as a Pearl Jam fan. And I really was a huge fan of their earliest stuff. And then occasionally some of their things grabbed me and I still think they're great live, but uh, this one didn't fully land with me if I must be honest, but it is an excellent record for them. 
And it was an interesting one for me because um, I kind of just dropped out of Pearl Jam after uh, Vitalogy, so a long time ago, and I didn't really pay much attention. So, I mean, at the time, um, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, you know, um, STP, they were, I, I was into them, but Pearl Jam were just a step too far, you know, away from heavy music for, for my taste. You know, 10, incredible record. You know, ten, I'm not going to uh, argue with that one. But they, I was never really that fussed. But um, again, speaking about Matt Davies, Matt went big on this album um, and in conversations on Twitter and, and so on. And, and that intrigued me because I trusted taste. Um, and he was encouraging me to give it a go as a, as a kind of an option to get back into to checking where Pearl Jam are at. And um, I had really, really good time listening to it. And I like the fact, I like the different stuff. And so, so you mentioned there's like the 80s bits on there. There's a track in there that's kind of, uh, sorry, keyboards bits. There's a track in there that's quite 80s almost in its kind of, you know, retro feel to it. And I, and I like that they, they're doing something like that that's different. And I also like that I thought I got a handle on the album and then the last three songs kind of just changed tack again and they're kind of a bleaker, long, you know, talking six, seven minute long songs, which is not something I'd always necessarily associate with with our expected poetry to be, but they're kind of very, um, I don't know, yeah, again, using the word heartfelt, but yeah, passionate, heartfelt songs that telling, you know, making a point and telling a story, but done in a different way that I wasn't expecting. And it's an album that, surprised me and I didn't expect Pearl Jam to be able to surprise me you know like 30 years down the line and so fair play to them for that will I listen to it 100 times in the next five years I said probably not but I won't not listen to it I'll definitely be coming back in and it's you know I think it's a definite time and place for me you know mood album sort of thing but um an impressive impressive sort of um return for me to them so yeah I'm happy indeed <laughs> Yeah, and very well, very well. Uh, and speaking of impressive, 41, as we get to the first 10 of these out of the way, Forming the Void, Reverie, uh, another one of those sneaky records, a grower, not quite a shower, but really strong in the repeat listens. A lot of great stuff to cut through, a lot of grooves, a lot of great riffing, really interesting band, a band on the rise and probably underrated I don't, we don't look at anybody else's list. I don't look at anyone else's list, but I have a hunch that they're not a band on a lot of people's high, high rankings or radar, but they should definitely be in the future. Yeah, and I think it, it bore out in the, um, if I remember right from the voting, there's a lot of people pitched this around midway and the, the albums they were voting for and pushes. So it wasn't anyone's album album of the year, but it was in quite a few people's yeah, top 20s um, of, of lists. And so it's definitely wormed its way into a lot of people's consciousness. And, yeah, this is like with um, like, like with a couple of others I do on a solace. This is one, they're a fairly new, well, they're a new band to me and um, still hearing them this time. And I, and I messaged you first time I was listening to you going, ah, oh, this is really good. You know, I kind of, um, first track, I just kind of instantly got taken into the kind of the, the stonery, the psyche stonery vibes. And there's this some really cool twisted like mastodon bits that, that, that keep coming up throughout the record. But it's not, I think one of my issues with stoner and psych stuff is it can be a bit kind of one trip pony and they're not, you know, they're, they're, they've got plenty of facets to their sound. They don't just stick with doing one thing. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're quite happy to, to let a song kind of go down different dynamic avenues and kill things right down to build it back up or to kind of come out with a big, you know, the, the children in the grave type riffing and then take it somewhere else. So, yeah, really impressed with these, with these. And I'm glad that our team between them have identified it and put it forward because um, they've got a new, a new listener, a new fan out of me from it. So it works for me. <laughs> nice. So 10 down, 10 to go here for you and I. And, uh, or, you know, to whatever, 35 down and 10 to go. But um, yeah. really 
interesting this next 10 has some of both of our top records of the year in this 10 but also some very cool choices i think that i wouldn't have thought of or i didn't have either at all or high on this list so very, i like being surprised by our staff and i like being i like surprises so number 40 a record you had extremely high and i love this band but did not have as high this is Olver's new record flowers of evil on their own label house of mythology I love Depeche Mode over. I would say this, I'll die on this hill. This is as good as anything. This era of this band is as good as anything they have ever done, including the early classic black metal stuff. I closed my show on Gimme Radio with a double shot of early over and one from Flowers of Evil. And uh, fittingly so, not to me as great a record as uh, Assassination of Julius Caesar a few years ago, but an excellent record for them. Surprised it's so low, so I feel like only you and I probably voted for this at all <laughs> in the high, and yeah. maybe nobody else had it on the radar, which is a surprise because it was sort of acclaimed that coming out this record and acclaimed their la they were riding high off of the last record. And I'm a little surprised that maybe just the taste of the rest of our staff is like, nope, not for us. Uh, where's my black metal over? Where's my psychedelic rock over? Yeah, no, uh, I, was, I was really surprised as well. And I think, you know, Assassination's got a lot of um, buy-in from, from from our team. Um, and I think it's called very well in the, whichever, you know, whichever year, is it 2017? I should, should know these things better. Um, I was expecting this to do better because I, I think it's a, I'm not necessarily, well, no, I think it's a better record. It's better for me in terms of my taste because they've refined and they've kind of um, focused down a lot of the stuff that there was on assassination. So all of the songs are four or five minutes rather than, you know, perhaps outstanding welcome on a couple of tracks. And I just, I really, yeah, it's, it's my favorite album this year. The album I've listened to the most, um, it, it suited a lot, of, a lot of moods, a lot of times. What it also did for me, which was, um, I don't know, it's, again, I guess, being in lockdown and things being different, I've, I've had a very different year in terms of what how I've listened to music. Um, being able to listen to music while working has been a, an absolute, bonus and a godsend but um myself and uh, lee who's the guitarist in king is blind band that i've been doing for the last few years uh we, we did a bit of a deep dive on over um leading up to this album coming out and we, we went back to um we kind of accepted the black metal trilogy we know that inside out we love it to death so we started from william blake and listening simultaneously messaging each other while listening and kind of revisiting and re you know the entire catalog and I think it says something about where they're at now, that this is the first time um, it, he's chosen to do an album of similar style and recorded and written in a similar way. And I think for me that shows this is the, they found the, the sweet spot. You know, everything else has been, previously has been a reaction to what had come before. So you've have like, you know, um, Blood Inside, and then, and then you have the reaction record to it. And then you'd have, you know, then you'd have your drone album and then you'd have your kind of, you know, your, your crazy ideas, you know. And this is the first time they seem to have, sat he seems to have sat the band in the same space and i think it really suits him suits his voice it suits his writing style um and i hope more people pick up on it you know if it's a sleeper and in six months time loads of people going ah oh, i wish i'd have picked it up a year ago then you know hopefully we'll have we've done done a small part in getting the message out but i just think it's a just a really good uh album it's is it a rock or a metal album i guess not um but it's you know it's, it's, it's rock adjacent, metal adjacent, whatever you want to call it, and uh, he's more than earned the love from our scene. So, for, uh, yeah, but 
I love the album, as you can tell. <laughs> so. Yeah, indeed. And I'm just looking forward. I was lucky enough to see one of their first North American shows, and I just want to see them live again so they can continue to sort of laugh and smile as people yell out these black metal, you know, and they're not going to, they're not even acknowledging that stuff, which is fine with me. I'm, I'm over that and I'm good. It was 25, 26 years ago, and they're not the same people, let alone the same band. So. Hail over, hail Norway. And uh, <laughs> moving yeah. along to, to another band that uh, continues to defy any convention, that is Anal Nakroth, which I probably have never said correctly in my life, and Darkenment, which is a wonderful play on the Age of Enlightenment, and we are in an Age of Endarkenment on Metal Blade Records, fantastic band. They are what I consider to be an event band. When they put a record out, it is significant and important. I expected this album to rank higher on our list, but it's certainly higher on my personal list, at least in the 20s, maybe about 10 spots higher or more. But still, whatever that means, it's irrelevant rankings and things like this. It's just that we count them. We count all of them that we've listened to, we're listening and we're reviewing, but fantastic, angry, political, furious visceral albums impossible to listen to it and not feel something brilliant lyrics brilliant riffing and uh can't really say much more than that except i'm glad it came out in this i like the fact that the juxtaposition of sitting next to you you've got alva with the slinky 80s pop uh, and then you've got an athrak with uh, in document but yeah that um i don't think there's any surprises on the album and i think maybe that sometimes goes against them. You know, people think, oh, do I need another Nathrak album? Yeah, you do, because they continue to refine and improve. And I think the vocals on this one in particular are probably the best uh, vocal performance they've done. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day is uh, Dimmu Borgi, Mr. Trick, you know, they do the backing tapes of uh, Simon Hasnas. Just get these two guys to come and play as part of their live band and they can nail everything that this going. So, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, big, big, uh, clean, powerful vocals, plus your ridiculously harsh ones as well. So vocally, I think this is uh, an incredible album. I think it's their best one um, for that. Um, and yeah, the, the songs are just angry. There's no other word for it. <laughs> Hostile is another good one. Um, and rightfully so uh, in this disappointing and upsetting year. Uh, 38, right up my personal wheelhouse and my per one of my personal heroes, bands and frontmen armored saint on metal blade records punching the sky i am punching the sky although you're listening to a podcast and you can't see me fantastic heavy metal album moments of thrash moments of heavy metal moments of even a little progressive stuff for that guy and those guys um long in the making they do take breaks between these records um they don't have to work as hard uh some of those guys have other bands and they're very busy and other interests uh, I think of Joey Vera and his 19 bands and producing other bands and stuff, but a fantastic record. Again, a record I would have higher. Uh, love hearing John Bush's voice uh, do anything, whether it's uh, voiceovers for Burger King or heavy metal, he can do no wrong. Yeah, I, I can't. I've got not much more on that than what, than what you've said. I mean, I, you know, in the eternal Bush versus Belladonna debate, I'm, Bush for me, and that's no slight on on Belladonna. Um, I just I think in the world of metal music, if I was to form a, a band, um, you know the ideal band. What's your you kind of you know well, Bush is your man. I think he's he's the best vocalist in uh, you know he can cover everything from emotional you know rock all the way through to to pounding pounding metal as evidenced on on this album. I, it did suffer 
suffers a wrong, strong word, sorry. I did think the first song was the best song. Um, and that kind of, for me, lessened the impact of the rest of the album as it went on. But it's all, it, can you really criticise a band for having a brilliant song? You know, just my personal take, I'd have probably pitched it track three or four. But other than that, the, everything you said about the album, I completely agree with. Is it just a lot of good heavy metal, hard rock with a bit of an alternative edge to it and a fantastic vocal performances from, from the best in the business. Indeed. I, uh, this would be a conversation for another time since we are time constrained and we have this long list to finish cutting through. <laughs> but I do feel like it's been a year where the album, despite Spotify, the album has come back yeah. sequencing, thoughtful, composing, full, complete albums. Like you said about the Pearl Jam, those last three really capping off a strong album for them. And I think that's the case of a lot of bands that really strove, strived, strove to make full albums. <laughs> Sorry. And um, and I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, Army, unfortunately, sometimes your best song is the lead track and then everything else kind of pales. And uh, 37 is a, a, an album I thought would rank higher, although it's a fantastic record. I listened to it a bunch right when it came out and then went away from it. And this is Black Crown Initiate, a violent portfolio of doomed escape. I'm not sure what's in the water in that part of Pennsylvania, where also Rivers of Nile is from. But Black Crown Initiate, incredible band, progressive metal, some doom, some black metal, some little bit of everything. Excellent record. Um, I, I, did, I don't know who it was that wrote it. I don't know if it was you or someone else. Might have been you that said that they finally fulfilled the promise of their original EP, uh, which I do agree with. And they are a band capable of anything. And I thought this would rank a little higher overall with the staff, at least in the 20s. But again, what, are, what does this ranking mean at the end of the day, just that we rank them? But sick band, great album. And absolutely that. You know, um, I always like a band that isn't just one thing um, that kind of, you know, covers across a broad spectrum of, uh, of influences and styles and, and the bits and, um, and managed to put it together. So again, talking about the, the return of the album, I think this album is really well structured. You know, the, the, the kind of the peaks and the troughs of when to push and when to bring in those kind of, you know, pounding almost death metal um, elements and some of the tracks and the harsher vocals and the take off on a progressive journey that's kind of, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, pushing the kind of the, the lights and the darks. So I, th I just think it's, it's really cleverly put together. There's a lot of thought. And I think um, it does remind me of the, yeah, it does remind me of that first EP. And I think this is, in a way, they've struggled against the weight of expectation. But this is the realisation. This is the payoff album. And I think, uh, I hope more people pick up on it as it goes through. So, yeah, fair play to them. Really, really, really good album. Excellent work. Black Crown and shit. Here's a band at 36 that I probably would not have had on my list. A solid band, always very angry, very powerful band. Zabalba, especially for a band that is named for an ancient uh, god with a similar lineage to the name Ghost Cult and the Mayan sort of uh, history. Hardcore band, really like, you know, punchy, punchy, not classic hardcore band, but like a brutal into not quite in not quite nails power violence but a little bit straddling that this time around uh solid record surprising how high up it was i'm sure boston chuck is partially responsible for this <laughs> ranking and uh, and maybe tim Layden um and the guys who favor that kind of punchy punchy stuff but uh good for them and uh congrats and uh solid record for them I think there seemed to be one, uh, not just amongst our staff, but uh, floating around on, on Metal Twitter, that some 
so, you know, several people seem to really like, and most others like myself and you were like, yeah, it's a good album. You know, I, I was surprised it, it charted. I think there's there's better albums that we've already talked about or that, you know, that, that uh, are in, in the list in total. Uh, but I don't have anything in, uh, against them. You know, it's not, it's not a stink. It's, there's nothing bad about this album. <laughs> but I, I'm just surprised it's one that, the captures the imagination of so many that it has, but you know what, what do we know? <laughs> we we Ghost Cult is not as much hardcore as we have covered, and I love. We have not covered a lot of the more extreme side of hardcore bands historically. So, but it shows the respect. This is not their. This is their. You know, several albums into their career, they've definitely cultured their band and worked on their writing and uh yeah it's a strong record i, I wouldn't uh, not recommend it it's it's definitely worth checking out uh there's people shouting at the at the listing devices what is wrong with you two how can you be pitching this and you're not getting behind your bell but, but you know <laughs> i know i know uh, I'm, we're not we're not against any of these bands on here. I'm I'm thrilled and honored to talk about music in 2020. Could be a lot worse. Five to go here on this countdown with you. Not totally a surprise. Not totally uh, a shock. Lamb of God number 35 with the self-titled record. Uh, first record without Chris Adler on the drums. I am I'm very partial to Art Cruz because I know him from his time in Prong and even Winds of Plague. As a live member, I know that band is eh, whatever. Anyway, Lamb of God, strong record, more singing from Randy. So maybe not everybody's favorite Lamb of God record. Very political, very angry, very 2020 record, very strong. I think it uh, was important for them to make a statement record without Chris in the band. He was such a force and such a leader of that band for a long time. Uh, and a solid record and maybe a little lower than the last Lamb of God record on our lists uh, when the last one came out. I think so. And I think um I think part of it for me, and I get I get the kind of and I would never ever accuse a lamb of, of playing it safe, but I get why they did what they did. I just hoped, and again, this is my expectations, that after the Burn the Priest covers album, I thought they gave them more possibilities to kind of branch out and to do something a bit out of the Lamb of God kind of, you know, um sphere. But and so for, for me, I mean, every time I've listened to the, to this album, I've enjoyed it. Um, but it would probably rank lower mid-table in my list of Lamb of, Lamb of God albums, you know. But that again, that's criticising them in a way for having such a classic back catalogue. So, you know, again, I wouldn't not recommend this album, if you, you know, but I was hoping for something a bit different from it. Um, but when it delivers, it, it, it's got everything you want from a Lamb of God record on it. I just kind of probably didn't want them to do a Lamb of God record. <laughs> so, <laughs> what were you on? You're on the mute. Sorry, Keith. Muted myself. Yeah, I don't know how to use technology. Uh, I think, yeah, you said it right on the, you hit it right on the head there. Uh, Lamb of, like, they're uh, a victim of their own success. Uh, New American Gospel turned 20. I listened to that a bunch. Ashes of the Wake had an anniversary recently. Burn the Priest reissue was incredible. Re-record. So uh, a victim of their own greatness in a way. 34, this is a band that is perhaps... I'm going to say something a little hot takey and bold, even though I don't do a lot of hot takes. The Perhaps the most underrated band of this 75 band list, The Ghost Cult, our top 75. Oceans of Slumber, self-titled record on Century Media, came out in the beginning of summer. They released an incredible non-album single. We don't rate singles, but if we did, this would be my single of the year or cover of the year, which is their cover of Billie Holiday's classic Strange Fruit. 
which is an incredible titanic impossibly hard song to replicate uh this band is great they really took their progressive sort of progressive death metal and mixed it up with a bunch of other things goth there's a typo negative cover to closes the album that's incredible wolf moon uh sung you know just brilliantly sung cammy is one of the best vocalists in the game uh, you know anywhere in the world and uh, just a really good record i think it's a band that may still be being overlooked in the metal world for whatever reason they don't tick enough boxes for some people i don't know what that is but they're an excellent band this is an excellent record this is a band on the rise i would expect their next record to to really catapult them to something greater if possible yeah i'm, I'm in complete agreement i was surprised um that these weren't in the top 10 you know and i think part of this is looking at it you, you know um some of it's around the size of the band and i think okay we're lucky in terms of rock, you know being involved in the music site that we get to hear a lot of stuff that your average rock or metal listener would have to kind of go a little bit more out of their way to pick up or hear you know and that, that sort of thing but i don't think these should be that far off of anyone's radar and i think you know over here in uk they've had a bit of a push um that they have been getting in 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 the right some of the right media places but i don't know if they've had that song that's taken to that you know that, that spotify song for one of a better way of putting it that's kind of you know push the playlist and things i mean i've been really interested in what they've been doing since hearing on the first album the knights of white satin cover which i thought was incredible you know it's such an iconic song to take on and they didn't and I did and just smashed it out of the park with a you know phenomenal version and they've continued to do that. I think maybe there's a little bit like with Black Crown Initiative of um the weight of expectation on them has kind of weighed perhaps a little bit heavy because I think Banished Heart for me wasn't quite there, but I think this one is. So um I think you know the, the self-titled record is it's a it's a sensational record, you know, and I think um you mentioned Cammy and the vocals everything around the songwriting is so well crafted and so kind of um, uh, entwined and interlinked and, you know, every, every instrument kind of brings out the best of the, you know, of the next one where you can hear, you can hear the bass and it works and it kind of adds and embellishes the songs and then at the right moment, the vocals do something you're not expecting them to. And it kind of takes these songs into sort of different, different directions. So I mean, I really hope that the, yeah, these are a band that, get picked up on kind of, you know, on a wider scale and they get the success that their their talent and their quality absolutely deserves. So, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. A lot of yeah, love for them. For sure. And a shout out to Century Media, who seems to have a plethora of these bands that are rising. Uh, not just that they have these veteran great bands like Voivod or Imperial Triumphant, who is, you know, we talk about in a later segment higher up on the list and rightly so, but really great that they seem to be believing in these younger or emerging or already emerged and on the way to something even greater bands. Great job, Century Media. I think that's fair to point out because I think going back to my metal youth, Century Media were an out of a label where you you look forward to the next Century Media release. So, you know, in the 94, 95 period where they were having a lot of European, Gothic or heavy metal, you know, melodic metal, then they kind of, as a collective, didn't carry that on for me in throughout some periods of the noughties and you know the early 2010s but they really picked that back up again it's around you know whoever's doing their talent spot in an at the moment is is on fire and yeah they're really getting behind the right bands and pushing a lot of excellent music so good luck long may continue word, word. long may you ring <laughs> century media into their next whatever now owned by the orchard who seems to own almost the entire record industry that is not like two other labels um 
three bands to go for you and I, Steve. I'm getting sad. Uh, Feller Talk at 33 with Split. I actually finally learned how to say that name this year, Feller Talk. And uh, Change of a Lead Singer, Always Difficult. Erland Yelvik, who has a solo album out that came out criminally a little bit too late, I think, to get on people's radar, but is a hell of a record. And, and Feller Talk really rose to the occasion, put out a fun, great record, did not change really much what they do. They got a great voice to step in. I'm sure on the classic stuff, he does the job. And uh, I can't say enough good things about that band. Also new record label, and I think even new management for them. So they really went through a complete turnover and still turned out an excellent record that obviously resonated with our staff. Yeah, and this is one of mine. I think it's in, well, I think it's in my top ten for the year. Um, just, it's just really enjoyable record. It's fun. Okay, it's not the most, you know. Um, there's no ten minute long songs with you know with flute solos and things in it, but good. You know, they just kind of uh, stripped down back to basics. Went back to what I think worked on the first album without copying the first album. I think it's important to say that there's it's a different album, but they just got back to the ethos for me, the core of what. I always said it Cavella Tack is it Cavella Tark sorry I can't for me what they do best at you know I think um, album two was a bit too long and dark um, third album was a bit too status quo and now they're back right just in the zone of just you know hitting some really good fun um, black and roll you know hard rock songs um, catchy bits aggressive bits just a whole lot of fun as well so uh, I could put this one on at any time um, you know it's this, it doesn't matter what mood you're in this is this will do the business. I think it's just a great album. Right on. I'm dying for the eventual Feller Talk Audrey Horn US tour. <laughs> uh, please, the universe, make this happen when shows come back in a small club, preferably uh, with a, you know, a sold-out crowd and both bands just killing. That's what I want. Audrey, Audrey Horn is due for a new record, I think, also. They just had one, I guess. A- Drinking retirement pool, so... Yeah, that's a, that's a Steve and Keith band that we love a lot from our time together. Um, two, two to go here, and the one I'm really pleased to see on this list, and I actually probably expected this to be higher. I guess they're still very underrated. This is 32, Svalbard, When I Die, Will I Get Better? I think listening to this album, the answer is no. And it is, I didn't know that I needed this atmospheric sort of post-hardcore band. Um Brilliant, brilliant band. Yeah, I just I can't say enough good things about this. I wouldn't have been surprised that this was a top 10 album in our list. I wouldn't have been surprised in the teens or 20s. Um, I'm just really pleased that more people are really catching up with this band. I think they've been under the radar for far too long. And I think, unfortunately, they were one of the victims of the the whole Holy War. Um, you know, um, the, what happened with them this year, their album was scheduled to come out, I believe, late summer. Um, and then they had to cancel postpone change label uh, you know i think there's even issues around having to you know remove the things that have been printed and kind of remove the, the stickers and the labels with the old you know holy war label on it and they really went through a what i can tell a really difficult time in terms of getting the album out and i think when it finally came out it was probably slightly too late for a few people to to pick up on it and to, to have in their their list and their votes because it's one of those weird ones that i think it's both a grower and a shower in the, the first time I heard it I was was blown away but subsequent listens it gets even better you know they've added like you say that some of the post hardcore um post, almost like black metal atmospheric and you know um bits they've added or embellished and it's like it's, it's always been in there but they've kind of brought out even more on this record I think really kind of um take a few listens to 
you know, to, to really connect and to really, to really make make sense. But you know, I think I think I like everything about the band that, that I'm I'm aware of. I mean, their their social media presence is good. I think um, you know, and you you see. So I follow Serena, the guitarist, on on Twitter as well, and she's clearly someone that loves metal and, and that comes out in the band that she'll be doing you know i don't know arch enemy covers all the way through to you know just the most raging aggressive blackmail but it all comes back together as well and it's not just it for this album for me anyway it all comes back together into a coherent whole but added to that is the fact that they're addressing a lot of issues that other bands do shy away from and they're kind of issues and lyrics that when I was a teenager I used to be oh you can't talk about this in, in a, you know in a metal world you can't talk about you know it's not right to talk about that it's, it's, it's not the kind of the sort of you know the lyrics or language you expect from a band called Svalbard you know named after a golden compass and you know um, stuff but I think everything about them's spot on and I really hope that um, it it happens for them you know I think that they're a band that's got all of the ingredients that I would like yeah, I like, you know, there's there's depth, there's integrity, there's talent, there's quality, there's a broad range of influences and I feel they're they're ready to go. And I think unfortunately fate with COVID and with the label situations dealt on the cruel hand this year. And I hope the festival circuit next year picks them back up and puts them where they should be. If there was a justice in this world, they would get picked up immediately. And when touring resumes, they would open with the biggest bands in the world because maybe it mayhaps may not be a goal of theirs, but I'd like to see it happen. And then last but not least, in this epic, gargantuan, longest segment of these four podcasts, uh, I gotta, I'm got I'm a little surprised that this album is not higher on the list. But again, owing to the fact that maybe this is a genre we're not uh, have as many lovers of anymore on the staff, Elephant Tree Habit at 31. Elephant Tree, uh, one of the best UK bands, one of the best UK doom, stoner doom, psychedelic bands. I saw them live last Oh, again, mentioning the live thing. They have an incredible Black Sabbath cover out this year from Magnetic Eye. But this album's excellent. Great production. Beautiful interplay. Great writing. Good voice. Um, I don't. I haven't loved everything they've done, which I know is a hot takey thing to say um, compared to other bands that I love in the genre. And as I get older, Doom and Stoner Doom are really becoming my wheelhouse. Uh, that said, this record's great. I'm a little surprised it wasn't much higher, but I, would, I think that owes to uh, the maybe the hiatuses of uh, Dan Swinho or Alita Liave, um, perhaps uh, on hiatus and not checking those things out. And great band, certainly a band that's going to do more and, and likes Valbard more and great things in the future. Yeah. And this, this is one that sits with me like with uh, Form in the Void in that they're a name I'd heard of and was aware of, but I hadn't really done much investigating because I think the Stone of Doom uh seen i'm always wary like i said there have been too many bands that sound too similar that don't do too much difference so i always kind of wait for a recommendation before going in but um this you know seeing them on people's list this year so i've only heard the album a couple of times myself but i've been drawn in immediately you know it's, it's an album that will be getting further plays i think they've uh they've, they've got that kind of like monolithic sound with the kind of the you know the crunchier heavier bits that they do and yeah i'm definitely interested um to to delve more into them and find out find out more about them so it's another good one i think i think that we, we keep saying everything should be higher so the problem is <laughs> there's only so many spaces <laughs> but no I'm, I'm i'm impressed and you know i'm glad that's one of the reasons i enjoy helping to kind of pull all this together for the album the year stuff is there's always albums and bands that i'd not really taking the time to investigate you know like we're saying at the start and these are another that i'm really pleased has, has sort of fallen on my lap that i wasn't aware of before so too much um 
and we'll be much more aware of next time around. So. Nice. And uh, shout out to, again, Elephant Tree and Magnetic Eye. I think there's an Elephant Tree live album coming out this coming week, which will be in time for people to hear this podcast. I don't know who is going to listen to an hour and 15 of you and I spreading all this love about music, but I, I'm really thrilled that I got to do this with you, Steve. I can't wait to, for people to read your reviews and your write-ups on these 75 albums or mostly the, you know, the 50, especially the 50. And... Um, or 40 that we're really going to focus on, but um, it's, it's a pleasure and a gift to have you back contributing here. And uh, it's always my, you know, just an honor to uh, be the Butch Cassidy to your Sundance kid and the emperor to your Darth Vader. I am, I'm just thrilled to uh, have you in my life and I'm thrilled for the role you have played in the years of your work at Ghost Cult. It's been an honor. Yes, no, thanks. You see, I see, I think I'm more the, the Albert to your Batman Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, Bruce has no superpowers. Maybe his superpower is having money and uh, good friends around him to help who are more powerful than he. That would be very fitting for a description of me and my editorial prowess. But anywho, thank you. Keep fighting a good fight over there. Keep safe. Best to you and your family at these holiday times. It's going to be an exciting week here at Ghost Cult. This is the first of this series of pods and a lot more content focusing on our album of the year. Countdown. And uh, thank you so much for helping, man. Cheers, man. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.